6 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 a.m. on the East Coast of America. It's 2 p.m. in London in the UK, 7.30 in Mumbai, India. Thank you, Pong Pong Pong. Thanks for the like. And it is 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan. Here in Malaysia, it's 1942. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Nothing to that, by the way, not to be indecent. I just, this is all you see of me from here up, so I'm not wearing pants. Name of the show, name of the game. Come on, be honest. How many people just wear shorts or their underwear or whatever when they're online for meetings? This is all you see is a shirt, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's how this whole thing started way over a year ago. 179 episodes we've done. Can you believe it? 179 episodes? Dang, that's a lot. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it has been hot again here in Malaysia. I mean, it's always hot. We live in Malaysia, but... It's been extra hot for the last three or four days. A little bit of a break from a wicked thunderstorm that blew through Subang Jaya today, which is the town I live in. And uh, other than that, uh, just plowing through. Typical Monday. We're back. Thanks to our uh, viewers and uh, on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv. We're also live simulcasting on Rumble. Dot com. So all four channels, you can watch us live right now. We are live, live uh, across the planet. And if you'd like to watch the video replay of any one of our shows, all 179 episodes, they're all out there. Facebook would be one place, but I highly recommend that you check out rumble.com. Totally free. If you don't have an account, it's free to sign up. Some very cool videos, not just a lot of conservative, you know, yay, rah, rah crap. There's a lot of that, but there's viral videos, there's science videos, all kinds of cool stuff over there, uh, including this show. You will find and there's a link in our show notes for that. It's on rumble.com. We are also a podcast. You're listening to the audio only version of our show. Quite a bit of what we do is uh, visual. So we always include the links in our show notes. That's the description down below. Hit that follow or subscribe button. It really helps the show and it's free wherever you may be doing that. And thank you to everybody who has, uh, who've punched in and said hello and pong, pong, pong. Thank you too. <laughs> All right. Also coming up, uh, we've got some weird stories tonight and some funny stories and some poignant stories. But right now it's time to update you as we always do in the start of our show on this little lady. Miko update. Miko update. She is doing great. Uh, she's eating me out of house and home still. Uh, ever since she was in hospital, she, she wasn't eating for like five days. Uh, she got through that, and now she is making it up in spades. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, full of energy, uh, fighting with the toys and having a great time. In fact, thank you very much to uh, Auntie uh, Justine Lim, uh, who gifted Miko a pig ear. That's a thing. If you don't have dogs, you wouldn't understand. But they are like the most prized chew toy ever. Miko 
loves it. And uh, we gave her, we, we actually gave her half of it tonight. This is her in her house. It's kind of a blurry shot, but uh, that's Miko when she first got a hold of her half a pig ear. And do you know, I th- aren't they just supposed to chew these things for like, you know, a day or through two or three? It was gone in like 20 minutes. 20 minutes and the thing was devoured. I hope her system's all right with that. But uh, yeah, she's <laughs> she went nuts because she loves it. So thank you, Justine, very much for the gift. And uh, Miko says, woof, thank you. <sighs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Seriously, she just chowed through that thing just like that. All right. Hey, I'm short. That's no secret. Well, maybe you don't know because this is all you see of me. But I'm short. I've always been short. Uh, I'm about five foot six and a half, five foot seven. So, yeah, that's short. In fact, being the, the Guaylo, the Matsale in Malaysia, the white guy, uh, everybody expects some American white guy is going to be like six foot two, you know, 200 pounds, whatever. Not this guy. <laughs> I'm short, all right? I've always been short. In fact, one of the reasons when I was first looking at a career, I wanted to be a cop or a DJ on radio, and I was too short to be a cop. I couldn't grow any taller, so I went into radio, thank goodness, spent so many years in that, and then eventually, I actually did get into law enforcement, And I, because they had gotten rid of the height and weight requirements by then. You just had to be able to pass the physical, so off I went. Tons of fun, no regrets. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, But anyway, you've heard that story before on previous streams. I'm short, okay? But I'm not alone. You know how many famous people are short? Billy Joel. You know Billy Joel, the singer. You must, I mean, you can't be that young, right? He's five foot five. He's shorter than I am. Shania Twain, whom I love. She is my all-time favorite singer. I mean, I love Celine. I love a whole bunch of uh, Bruno Mars. I'm a big fan. Shania Twain is number one in my book. If you don't know Shania Twain, just search her out. You will be impressed. Trust me. She's five foot four. That surprised me because for some reason, I always imagined Shania Twain being, you know, at least 5'10", 5'11", something like that. Uh, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Take a guess, Kit Harrington. He's five foot three inches tall. That's it. Tom Cruise, you might know this because he's famous for how short he is. He's five foot seven, about the same as me. Bruno Mars, five foot five. Danny DeVito, four feet ten inches. I'm sorry I don't have these heights in centimeters, but these are all what I looked up. Kevin Hart. Five foot five. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, five foot nine, not that tall. Charlie Chaplin was five foot five inches tall. Ah, uh, Ryan, yeah, Shania is my favorite of all time. I could not agree with you more. She is the bee's knees and the cat's meow. All right. And Michael J. Fox, five foot four. So, anyway, all of this relates to my first story tonight. 
unbelievable. It's from the good folks at World of Buzz. We love you, World of Buzz. Thank you. The link is in our show notes. If you want to read the whole article, please do. Professional Tekken player gets fired for saying short men don't deserve human rights. Whoa, is right. What? Okay, I got to be honest with you. I had to look up what Tekken was. I know. I'm not a big gamer, okay? Tekken is a game. It's like a fighting game, you know, online, whatever game, computer game. So anyway, hey, these professionals, my hat's off to them. These guys make millions of bucks playing these games. In fact, here in Malaysia, we've got some world champions who have made literally millions if not tens of millions, playing these games. So more power to you. But anyway, this moron uh, said, short men don't deserve human rights. Know your place. This is a quote from her. I'm tough on short guys, but let me say this. I'm nice to fatties and baldies. Oh, well, whoop-de-woo. Are you kidding me? What a, oh, I can't say that word. A Japanese professional Tekken player has been fired from her team. Good on you for expressing her love for tall people in the worst possible way. This moron, Tanukana, was kicked out of the Cyclops Athletic Gaming eSports team. Good. After she shared in a live stream that short men should not have human rights. She really said that. Based on a report by Sora News 24, Tanukana, who is a rising star, or was a rising star in the esports scene in Japan, emphasized that short men should get bone lengthening surgery. It all began during a live stream where the Tekken 7 player was taking questions from fans. At one point, she shared a story of how a food delivery man had tried to get her number. He was short, probably only 165 centimeters. He might have been shorter than 165. As soon as I saw how short he was, I said, nope. If he'd been tall and had a real buff body, then there's a chance I would have given him my number. The audience allegedly didn't quite like that answer, but she went further. This is a quote again from her. Honestly, if you're under 170 centimeters, you have no human rights. If you're a guy who's less than 170 tall, please live your life with the idea that I have no human rights in your mind at all times. Please look into bone lengthening surgeries. Uh, Type it into a search engine. Once you get to 170, then you'll start to get proper human rights. Okay, so this is the idiot here. And she has been kicked off the team and thrown out of the esports arena. Yes. And you know what? Even if I was six foot two, I would still be saying the same thing. Why do we give these people a platform? We should not. Unbelievable. Hey, I think I added this in our show notes too, by the way. Uh, It's a link to a site called themodestman.com. And it's 100 famous short men everyone can look up to. There you go. 
Uh, and it's got a list of all these people. Some of them I already mentioned to you. But uh, even the media loves to spread facts. Many of them aren't true. Uh, even if some is true, not worth dwelling on. But you can't change your height. Nobody ever talks about short men in a positive way. Uh, that's lame. You're right. So there is a list. Look at this. Martin Luther King Jr., five foot seven. Bruce Lee, five foot seven. I'm not going to go through all these, but you can just take a look here on the screen or by all means click on the link in our show notes and check it out. Robert Downey Jr., five foot eight. Martin Short, it's even in his name. He's five foot seven. Paul Simons, five three. Wow. See, there's Charlie Chaplin, five foot five. Amazing. <laughs> Short people got no reason. Do you remember that song, Randy Newman? It was like the 70s, I think. Check it out. Look it up. Short People, Randy Newman. Funny song. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to share this. I'm not going to make the comment I wanted to. But I think you're smart enough to read between the lines. This is a true story. In 1926... The federal government of the United States poisoned alcohol in an effort to curb alcohol consumption during the Prohibition, when alcohol was banned in the U.S. As a result, by the time Prohibition ended in 1933, an estimated 10,000 people died from being poisoned by their own government. Um, just going to leave that there. If you want to share that, the link is in our show notes tonight. You can check it out. Scary stuff. All right, we're going to go to from scary stuff to heartwarming stuff because we always like to keep that... Uh, keep that... <laughs> I'm lagging a little bit all of a sudden and I don't know why. Should be all right. We'll see. Okay, this is an article from the nst.com.mine. Check this out. It's in our show notes. Siti Fauzaya has enough room in her heart and shelter for stray animals. This is such an amazing, heartwarming story. you got to check this out. Uh, Jalan Bapak Aku, okay? My Father's Road, okay? Scrawled on a board, pinned to a signboard, looks to be a harbinger of doom of sorts. You'll see it right here. Whoop, there we go. Jalan Bapak Aku. Uh, your grandfather, my father's road. I would have chuckled, but I'm about to drive off the beaten path for an off-road that seems to lead to nowhere. If nowhere is where a shelter for unwanted animals is located. And there is the sign on the road. No tarred road ahead, but white myvy I'm following doesn't stop. Tires crunch the gravel beneath. I nervously place my foot on the brake pedal. Oh no, I groan inwardly. Where is this place I'm going to? Jalan Bapak Aku indeed. No road sign, no road. Little offshoot path bridges the main road to another industrial area located further in. And uh, this writer continues to tell the story about finding this shelter. Uh, 
More dogs appear out of nowhere, tails wagging. They follow the white car ahead. The Mivey's beginning to look like a strange Pied Piper of sorts. The strays don't appear to care that another car is tailing behind. They're congregating around the car that's finally slowing down to a stop in front of a nondescript-looking structure surrounded by corrugated metal gates. Young Indian boy opens the gates. Barks reach fever-pitch excitement. They're hungry. It's almost feeding time, she explains. And there is a picture of this far-out-of-the-way shelter. My children helped me run the shelter, she shares proudly. Cavernous space inside contains huge cages where dogs of every shape and size press their noses between the bars and bark wildly. Fauzaya is not what I expected an animal rescuer to look like. Not that I thought there was a type, but I was half expecting someone a little like me. To be called an animal person isn't necessarily a compliment, not what it implies that you love animals with a passion matched only by how much you loathe your own species. Animal people can be judgmental, self-righteous, cranky, all of which I was becoming. I was expecting a twin flame, but this cherubic smiley woman in cornrows, makeup, and jewelry wasn't ticking any of these boxes. There she is. She runs this amazing Fauzia's Paws Care uh, shelter. And uh, the story is really well written and a very personal account of um, this person. Oh, look at that. Unbelievable. Hopefully uh, just rescued off the streets. Wow. Uh, I'll get him better, she says. Just you wait and see. I'll send you the pictures once he gets healthier, she promises. They come to me in terrible shape, ranging from accident cases, abuse, malnutrition, to being infected with tick fever, distemper, parvovirus, and I don't turn any dogs away. I'll do what I can to help. Wow, an amazing story. Please do check it out. Read the whole article. It's in our show notes tonight. And uh, this amazing woman, we always like to bring you these stories. And hey, if maybe uh, there's a, something in there about donations or something, you can help out a little bit too. Nice. Sorry, coffee break time. Okay, uh, what's this one? Oh, this is cool. It's one of those short little saying things that I share sometimes. You'll like this one. Opinion. Well, that's my opinion. Yeah. Opinion is really the lowest form of human knowledge. It requires no accountability and no understanding. The highest form of knowledge is empathy, for it requires us to suspend our egos and live in another's world. Bill Bullard said those words, and the link to that little posting is in our show notes if you'd like to uh, spread the good news around. Why not? (laughs) All right, just one or two more here. (laughs) Oh, man. I cannot believe this. You're not going to believe this next one. Take a look at this and and try not to shriek. Yeah, that would be a baby in a cage suspended from what looks like some sort of strange. Hey, Yi Ching. Hey, Yi Ching. Thanks for the uh, like. 
Uh, anyway, this baby is suspended in some sort of cage, hanging out the window like an aircon unit, at some high-rise, looks like apartment building. Well, believe it or not, that used to be very common. They're called baby cages. And it was used to ensure children get enough sunlight and fresh air. Little vitamin D there when they were living in an apartment building. This is from California in 1937. Believe this? This is from my friend Zane's uh, Facebook post. Very weird. Hey, Justine is here too. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you were here in the start of the show, Justine, but we gave you a big hi-ho, a round of applause and a thank you from Miko for the pig's ear. And uh, <laughs> she loved it. I, I broke about half of it off and it was gone in 20 minutes. If you missed that part of the show, uh, just repeating it just for you. Anyway, she loved it. And she'll love the rest of it when we give it to her. So, <laughs> thanks. Yi Ching and Justin, by the way, if you're wondering, are um, other Sheba moms. So, uh, yeah, it's a, whole, it's a whole Sheba tribe here tonight. <laughs> uh, she loved it very much. In fact, um, let me see. Hold on. I'll tell you what. Oh, I think you already saw the post on Facebook, so you've seen it. All right. <laughs> thanks for the hearts. Uh, can you believe that? They used to stick these kids in cages and stick them out the window to get them some sunshine. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Sheba gang. Yes. <laughs> All right. What else have we got? We got anything else good? Oh, yeah. Cool story. Cool story. And uh, I'll just share this with you. And then we're going to move on shortly to our Tom Sawyer book. We'll start reading uh, chapter 19 tonight. All right, little baby boomer humor. <laughs> if you are a, a boomer, a baby boomer, you'll be able to appreciate this. The link to this post is in our show notes. Do check it out. It's from Michelle Merkt Decrease. I hope I said your name right. A group of 30-year-old girlfriends were discussing where they should meet for dinner. Finally, it was agreed they would meet at the Ocean View Restaurant because the waiters there had tight pants and nice buns. 20 years later, at 50 years of age, the group once again discussed where they should meet for dinner. Finally agreed they would meet at the Ocean View restaurant, because the food was very good and the wine selection was good too. 10 years later, 60 years old, the group once again decided to meet at the Ocean View restaurant because they could eat there in peace and quiet and the restaurant had a beautiful view of the ocean. And ten years later, at 70 years of age, the group once again discussed where they should meet for dinner and finally it was agreed they would meet at the Ocean View restaurant because the restaurant was wheelchair accessible and they even had an elevator. <laughs> Ten years later, at 80 years of age, the group once again discussed where they should meet for dinner. And finally it was agreed they would meet at the Ocean View restaurant 
because they'd never been there before. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> that is a classic. <laughs> All right. You'll actually find that post in our show notes tonight. You can check it out and uh, <clears throat> share that with your friends. Finally, I know I said that was the last one, but it's not. I got one more. Uh, one more quick one. People always ask, why is your show called I'm Not Wearing Pants? Well, here is a picture that would explain that, because for the last two over years, most of us that work from, from home are not wearing pants, and that's why I called this show what it's called. The company asked them to come to work with the clothes they usually wear on their Zoom meetings. And there you go. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everybody's got a tie and a jacket and a shirt, proper button-down shirt. And then some stripy socks, shorts, pajama bottoms, shorts, I don't know, capri pants, another pair of maybe basketball shorts. So, yeah, if you take the picture from here up, all good. From here down, like the show says, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> classic, classic stuff. All right. Let's be those girlfriends. <laughs> Good idea. All right. It is time to move into... The show's going to be a little bit short tonight. We usually do about 45, 50 minutes or so. But chapter 19 in Tom Sawyer is quite short. So it's going to be no problem uh, getting through it tonight. As you know, we read classic books on this show. We have been doing that ever since the beginning. Episode 1. And uh, we've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, The Little Prince, Christmas Carol. Uh, we've done tons of books. We read them a chapter at a time till we get to the end and then move on to the next book. We are all the way up in the adventures of Tom Sawyer to chapter 19 tonight. However, before we get started, I will send out my usual warning. This book from Mark Twain was written in 1876. Piece of trivia for you, it's the first novel, one of the first, ever written fully on a typewriter. Cool beans. Anyway, in 1876, some of the words used in this book were totally appropriate. Today, not so much. Including the N-word is used in this book. So, we are reading the book exactly as it was written which, as I said, includes some words that today are not socially acceptable, but they were certainly in 1876. So if that kind of thing offends you, maybe you want to go find something else for 10 or 15 minutes. All right, so we'll move on to uh, chapter 19 in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Tom arrived at home in a dreary mood. And the first thing his aunt said to him showed him that he had brought his sorrows 
to an unpromising market. Tom, I've a notion to skin you alive. Auntie, what have I done? Well, you done enough. Here I go over to Serenity Harper like an old softy, expecting I'm going to make her believe all that rubbish about that dream. And lo and behold, you she'd found out from Joe that you was over here and heard all the talk we had that night, Tom. I don't know what is to become of a boy who'll act like that. Makes me feel so bad to think you could let me go to Serenity Harper and make such a fool of myself and never say a word. This was a new aspect of the thing. His smartness of the morning had seemed to Tom a good joke before. Very ingenious. It merely looked mean and shabby now. He hung his head and couldn't think of anything to say for a moment. And then he said, Auntie, I wish I hadn't done it. But I didn't think. Oh, child, you never think. You never think of anything but your own selfishness. You should think to come all the way over here from Jackson's Island in the night to laugh at your troubles. And you could think to fool me with a lie about a dream. But you couldn't ever think to pity us and save us from the sorrow. Auntie, I, I know it was mean, but I didn't mean to be mean. I, I didn't honest. And besides, I, I didn't come over here to laugh at you that night. Oh, what'd you come for then? I was to tell you not to be uneasy about us, because we hadn't got drowned. Tom, Tom, I would be thankfulest soul in this world if I could believe you ever had as good a thought as that, but you know you never did, and I know it, Tom. Indeed, indeed I did, Auntie. I wish I may never stir if I didn't. Oh, Tom, don't lie. Don't do it. It only makes things a hundred times worse. It ain't a lie, Auntie. It's the truth. I wanted to keep you from grieving. That was all that made me come. I'd give the whole world to believe that. I would cover up a power of sins. Tom, I'd most be glad if you'd run off and acted so bad. But it ain't reasonable, because why didn't you tell me, child? Why, you see, when you got to talking about the funeral, I just got a full of the idea that our coming and hiding in the church, and I couldn't somehow bear to spoil it. So I just put the bark back in my pocket and kept mum. What bark? The bark I'd rode on to tell you we'd gone piratin'. I wish now you'd waked up and I'd kissed you. I'd do honest. The hard lines in his aunt's face relaxed, and a sudden tenderness dawned in her eyes. Did you kiss me, Tom? Why, yes, I did. Are you sure you did, Tom? Why, yes, I did, Auntie, certain sure. What did you kiss me for, Tom? Because I loved you so. And you laid there moaning, and I, I was so sorry. The words sounded like truth. 
The old lady could not hide a tremor in her voice when she said, Kiss me again, Tom, and be off with you to school now, and don't bother me any more. The moment he was gone, she ran to a closet, got out the ruin of a jacket which Tom had gone piratin' in, and then she stopped with it in her hand and said to herself, No, I don't dare. Poor boy, I reckon he lied about it, but it's a blessed, blessed lie. There's such a comfort coming from it. I, I hope the Lord, I know the Lord will forgive him, because it was such a good heartedness in him to tell him. But I don't want to find out it's a lie. I won't look. She put the jacket away, stood by musing a minute. Twice she put out her hand to take the garment again, and twice she refrained. Once more she ventured, and this time she fortified herself with the thought, it's a good lie, it's a good lie. I won't let it grieve me. So she sought the jacket pocket, and a moment later, she was reading Tom's piece of bark through flowing tears and saying, I could forgive the boy now if he'd committed a million sins. <laughs> and that's chapter 19. We will continue on on Wednesday's stream with chapter 20. We're getting through it. This is a very long book, but uh, we'll manage. All right. That's going to do it, folks. A little short show tonight, but that's okay. We'll give you a break. Give me a break, too. I will see you again on Wednesday night, 10 o'clock, straight up Malaysian time. And until then, I'm Jay Sheldon. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the subscribes. Just click that button. It's free, wherever it is. <laughs> I'll see you again Wednesday. I'm not wearing pants. Good night.